Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in, as always. Appreciate y'all giving me just a little bit of your time, and we'll try to use it wisely. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, and I hope it to grow, incredibly grateful that y'all are willing to do that, and Hopefully, it helps y'all just a little bit, helps us all, and helps our country just a little bit. I'm going to go for one of our little walks down the road. have some <coughs> guineas out and about, and one puppy dog that seems interested in coming with us, and it is hot. We did not have any snakes in the garden last night, uh, but we did have a rather feisty possum eating eggs, so... I went out in a pair of flip-flops <laughs> and with a garden hoe as my walking stick. And I was pretty sure that the thing was going to bite off one of my toes because my father would have been shaking his head at me. I should have gone back in and gotten some shoes on. But being lazy, I did not. Thankfully, it just ran out the door. Anyway, my entertainment. The, the small town, there's a series... You want to talk about, we talk about entertainment and culture often on this podcast. There's a wonderful series called Mitford by a lady named Jan Karen. And it talks about small town rural life in North Carolina. It's just a phenomenal series. I can't recommend it enough. And this would make the list of events, right? Just the little things that happen in small town America. All right. At any rate, we're going to get going. That's enough of my meandering. So, one of the problems that we have today, many problems, is the welfare state. And you often hear, especially from people that like to use Christianity and the Bible kind of as a whipping stick, that, well... Christianity, Jesus Christ was obviously a socialist, a communist even, and uh, believed in redistribution of wealth. And so if this is really a Christian nation, if you're really so Christian, and if you really care about the poor so much, you obviously ought to support the welfare state. Obviously, you need to take from people, you know, they have so much, and we'll take some from them, and we'll give it to these people that need it over here. There's a myriad of problems with that, the first and simplest being that it's not true. Uh, The second, probably, and most condemning, I think, is that you're not really being kind. We're we're never kind. If I take money from somebody, and you can ask a kid this, they understand it. If you take money from somebody else to, quote, give, unquote, to another person, you're not really being generous. You, it's no skin off your back. You haven't taken anything out of your own pocket. You know, we haven't done any hard work or suffering to give to these people. It's not it's not generous or benevolent or anything else charitable. We're simply stealing money from somebody to pretend that we're being generous with the welfare state. That's what happens. You take money from somebody else. You're not giving your own money when you vote to support the welfare state. We're, we're, we're voting to t- 
take money from somebody else and give it, which you can't really give what you don't know. So I thought I'd go back and read a few quotes from our history and kind of see what people thought about this welfare state. So the first couple that I'm going to read are actually a pair of Bible verses, just simply because that's the argument used often today by the left is kind of sneering, you know, oh, well, if you're so Christian, right? Well, so in Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, this is out of the New Testament. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. So if you're not going to put in the labor, if you're not going to work, you don't deserve any of the profits. And this, it says you don't even deserve to eat. Doesn't sound very supportive of socialism. Matthew 20, verse 15, this is Jesus Christ speaking, talking uh, the parable of the vineyards, the vineyard tenant or the workers in the vineyard. And at the very end, they're kind of upset with him because he's chosen to pay all the workers the same, the ones that work long and the ones that work short, right? And he, he says in this parable, Jesus says, is it he's acting as the vineyard owner, right? Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I'm good? So people that earn that money have a right to do with it what they wish with their own things. We don't have a right to come in and, and take because we think we earned more or we deserve more or Lord, what you hear so often today, we have a right to more, right? I'm entitled to that. I'm entitled. That's mine. I, I deserve that. <laughs> no, you didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. James Madison, charity is no part of the legislative duty of the government, meaning the government has absolutely no right or role to be charitable, to take money from some, to give to others. And you can kind of stretch this out, folks, talking about foreign policy. Uh, you can, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not an isolationist by any means. Isolationism is what got us into the trouble we got into in World War II. It's what got Britain into the trouble they got into in World War II. Thinking that we can shut ourselves off and ignore the rest of the world, that's foolhardy to say the least. So I'm not promoting isolationism here, but when we have our own brothers and sisters here in America that are suffering, that are hurting, right? Or, or you're gonna, we, we have a responsibility to turn inward first. So there's a lot of arguments there, right? <laughs> but the idea that the government can come in and stick their hand into somebody's pocket to give to somebody else, Madison here saying, no, the, the government has absolutely no responsibility and private citizens do this we've talked about this before salvation army cross they do this so much better than the government they're so much more efficient so much more of the money gets to i, I we, we quoted i quoted this recently in a podcast or within the last couple months and i cannot remember it now folks but the percentage of every dollar that makes it to the actual person who needs it in in the in the private charitable organizations versus the government is unbelievable. So much more. Charles 
Finney, who we have talked about before, uh, one of the greatest American preachers of the early, early 19th century, educator, author, president of Overland College, huge in the Underground Railroad, uh, a lot of other contributions, talking about the kingdom of God. Every member must work or quit. No honorary members. And I take this and stretch it to society, folks. You, you cannot have a society where some people work and you take from them to give to those who refuse to work. It's, it's never going to last. The people you're stealing from are inevitably going to get tired of, of busting their rear ends to work to try and get ahead. I've got personal experience with this, both from my own finances in the years past and, and other friends that I've talked to, you know, where the choice was, well, we, we work a little harder, we make a little bit more money, but then we get taxed more and you kind of break even there. So there's no real incentive to work harder. You can't take from some to give to others. And there's a, let's see if I can find it real quick. Jefferson, uh, who was pretty big, just as a side note, on not having a government in a lot of debt, which the welfare state absolutely puts us in an extreme amount of debt, printing money to give to people that don't work. So the government has to take more and more and, and give more and more, and, it, and the debt just piles up, right? Even after paying $15 million in cash for the Louisiana Purchase, the national debt under Jefferson fell from $80 million to $57 million during his two years. So that's a pretty phenomenal achievement there when you look at the numbers. But that was just a little side note. Jefferson really did not like debt, and, and he didn't like spending he, did, he wanted a frugal government, a limited federal government. He didn't want this huge, massive federal government. And in his prospectus, uh, he wrote a translation, which I'm not familiar with this work, folks, but this is out of his introduction, I guess, for the uh, Stutt de Tracy's Treatise on Political Economy. To take from one, because it is thought that his own industry and that of his father's has acquired too much, in order to spare to others who or whose fathers have not exercised equal industry and skill is to violate arbitrarily the first principle of association. The guarantee to everyone of a free exercise of his industry and the fruits acquired by it. So he's saying if you're going to take from some, which is what the welfare state does, if you're going to take from some because you think they've been too successful or their parents have been too successful, right? You hear that often. Well, their parents earned all that. They didn't earn it. It doesn't matter. That doesn't give us a right to go in and take from them to give to somebody else who hasn't earned it. Because what you're doing, what Jefferson says there at the end, is you're, you're taking away that guarantee that everyone has the ability to exercise their own industry and, and the fruits that they acquire by it, the land, the money, finances, right, all of that. You have, in a free society, you have the right to spend and do with that what you will. So the government doesn't have any right to come in and take from some just because they think they've been too successful and give to others that they think have been too hard up on their luck. And Lord knows, folks, I'm the first one I'd love to get a free check. <laughs> That'd be great. 
human nature. But it's not right. I'm going to go to Davy Crockett, who I had a heck of a time finding this one, folks. Uh, I found it a long time ago, months ago, and then I had to struggle. So this is actually I pulled out of the Congressional Record, Volume 152, number 99, from Tuesday, July 25th, 2006, the House. Uh, this is a quote used in a speech, and the quote is, is Davy Crockett. So there have been some buildings that burned down, and Crockett and some other members of, of the House and maybe the Senate, too, ran out to help put them out. By the time they finally got them out, there were a number of homeless including women and children. And of course, they felt just devastated for these people. And so the next day, Congress came in to vote on giving them, I think it was something like $20,000 for the victims of the fire. And so Davy Crockett rose to speak. Mr. Speaker, I have as much respect for the money of the deceased and as much sympathy for the suffering of the living, if suffering there be, as any man in this house. But we must not permit our respect for the dead or our sympathy for a part of the living to lead us into the act of injustice to the balance of the living. I will not go into argument to prove that Congress has no power under the Constitution to appropriate this money as an act of charity. Every member upon the floor knows it. So that's the first little part is he says, you know, we, we all know, everybody in here knows that Congress has no power to appropriate money as an act of charity. That's a pretty big point. That's far different than what we do today, folks. So the, the Congress has no ability to reach into one citizen's pocket and take money from it to give to another citizen, regardless of, of how noble the cause. We have the right as individuals to give away as much of our own money as we please in charity. But as members of Congress, we have no right to appropriate a dollar of the public money. We cannot, without the grossest corruption, appropriate this money as the payment of a debt. We have not the semblance of authority to appropriate it as a charity. Mr. Speaker, I have said we have the right to give as much money of our own as we please. I am the poorest man on this floor. I cannot vote for this bill, but I will give one week's pay to the object. And if every member of Congress will do the same, it will amount to more than the bill asks. That's a phenomenal point there, folks. Uh, you can use this with illegal immigration today. You can use this with a welfare state. Uh, you could probably take some time and think about it and use it with abortion and a number of others. We're so willing to take from others to be charitable, to be benevolent, but not to take from ourselves. You know, if you really are dedicated to something, you're going to be willing to give of yourself, right? Uh, there's a quote, uh, a book that's, I read years ago, it's a science fiction book, but one of the characters in the book was an old uncle and he was telling his nephew, he said, a principle is not a principle until it costs you something. And I think he may have even said costs you money, but I would just argue costs you something, anything, uh, money, time, safety, whatever it is. And Crockett here stands up and says, hey, I'll, I'll give some of my own money. And I don't have much. I'm the poorest man here, and I'll give some of my own money. And if everybody else here would do that, it would be more than what we're offering to pay anyway, what the bill is. You know, that, that's when you know somebody's really dedicated to something. Folks, we talk about this with marriage so often. You, you look at 
we look at ourselves. What do we spend our time on? What do we spend our energy, our efforts, our money on? That shows the world what our priorities really are, what we're really dedicated to. And I think often if we look in the mirror, we'll really take some time. Uh, it's, it's pretty sad and disheartening how much time and energy and effort and money we're giving to certain things while ignoring our marriage or ignoring the poor and the needy. You know, we, we don't we don't need a government. The government messes things up in this category, folks. Don't misunderstand. We need the government. Right. External defense, internal justice. Those are the two main goals. Got to have. It. I'm never going to argue not. But not charity. Charity. They just get in and mess things up. Well, the problem is we don't want to do it ourselves, and that's exactly who should do it. That's who's the best at it, right? Last comment by Crockett. The people have delegated to Congress by the Constitution the power to do certain things. To do these is authorized to collect and pay monies and for nothing else. Even beyond this is anything or everything, I'm sorry, beyond this is assertion and a violation of the Constitution. So he was saying... To go to charity, to go any farther, is to ignore the Constitution, which Lord knows we've done enough today, folks. We do it constantly uh, and have been for decades. Abortion, the very first thing, first right, unalienable right from God in the Declaration has been life. And we've been ignoring that for 50 years. So it's not surprising that we ignore the Constitution as far as the welfare state is concerned. But it is pretty damning. Uh, Margaret Thatcher Prime Minister eventually of Britain, and this was from an interview on in February of 76, and she made the comment, asked about socialist governments or a party in her government that was socialist. I think they've made the biggest financial mess that any government's ever made in this country for a very long time, and socialist governments traditionally do make a financial mess. They always run out of other people's money. It's quite a characteristic of them. Then they start to nationalize everything, and people just do not like more and more nationalization, and they're now trying to control everything by other means. They, they're progressively reducing the choice available to ordinary people. That's a bigger comment than what we've been talking about on the podcast today, but it's valid. Socialist governments spend people's money. Uh, the problem is, as she said here, that eventually socialist governments run out of other people's money. So a lot of stuff there today, folks, from the Bible verses at the very beginning. But I started with that because we are a Christian nation. We were founded that way. Uh, we've fallen away from that. And that's why we're in, in so many problems today from from the social aspects primarily to the fiscal ones secondarily. But this welfare state, this one particular angle, there's nothing Christian in the welfare state. There's absolutely nothing Christian in taking by force from some to give to others. And so, you know, when you hear people talk about that, remember some of these quotes. Remember those Bible verses. And even if you're not that type A personality that's going to argue right in that moment, which is fine, Know in your heart and, and share with other people, as Patrick Henry said, in your sphere of influence when you get the opportunity that there's absolutely no legitimacy for a welfare state, a socialist state in the country, because that really is causing a huge number of problems today. Uh, you can talk about the people that just they don't want to go to work anymore because they're getting a check from the government. You can talk about the 
the broken homes, you know, you pay people on welfare for a certain number of kids. You, you can take this a number of ways, folks. At any rate, thank you all so much for joining me going on this little walk. I sure do appreciate it. I'm always, always look forward to this each day. And I thank you for the comments and the feedback that y'all have been giving. Very much appreciate it. Appreciate your interaction. And we'll talk to you again real soon. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. Thank you again.